0: all views expressed on the spielman and Holey we tackle life podcast are those of the hosts exclusively and are not indicative of an endorsement by sponsors or employers of the hosts
1: previously on the Spielman and Huey we tackle life San Jose podcast
0: I walk into the, it's like a ghost town. Like, San Francisco, there's nobody on... A, uh, no traffic in San Francisco. You now, cracked me up when you said your hotel was like... The Shining. It's The Shining. <laughs> I was looking for red rum and a little kid in a tricycle at the end of the at the road. Well, hopefully uh, Mr. Spielman's trip to Philadelphia today is uh, not nearly as uh, traumatic as uh, his trip to uh, San Jose, San Francisco and the Bay Area was. A week ago, uh, although Pennsylvania is pretty locked down, I don't know, but Spiels has the uh, Eagles and the Rams on Sunday, hence he is not here for a Friday edition of the uh, Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. I'm here, and I'm pleased to tell you that I will be joined at 8 o'clock this morning by the one and only Chris McNeil. Now you say What do you mean the one and only Chris McNeil? Who is Chris McNeil? Well, you probably know Chris McNeil. You've probably watched Chris McNeil. You've probably been amused by Chris McNeil. And um, you probably follow Chris McNeil. Reflog 18. That's right. Reflog underscore 18 of the Big Play Reflog show, the creator of the uh, Browns (laughs) Perfect Season Parade, and a social media phenomenon and a really talented guy and commentator, Uh, Somebody who's been very helpful to me uh, in the formulation of the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. Really looking forward to having uh, Reflog 18 on the show at 8 o'clock this morning. Because in the aftermath of the Browns-Bengals game, why not bring on uh, one of the most famous Cleveland Browns fans out there? So we'll have uh, Chris McNeil on at 8 o'clock this morning. We will, of course, draw four names, $250 each in COVID-19 relief. We urge you to get your nominations in to spielmanhoolypodcast at gmail.com, spielmanhoolypodcast at gmail.com. Honestly, folks, the uh, entry bucket here is uh, getting a little bit uh, thin on the entries. What's the matter? You don't know anybody who's been impacted by COVID-19, job loss, medical issues, something like that? I think you know somebody. I just think you're slacking a little bit on getting in the nomination, So let's jump on that. SpielmanHooleyPodcast at gmail.com. And we will draw the winners and uh, Carrie Spielman, Chris's lovely wife and talented wife and uh, just a really awesome, awesome gift to Chris. We'll take care of getting the money out to tweet because uh, that's how Mr. Spielman wants it done. And so let it be written. So let it be done. All right, let's start before we get to the Browns and the Bengals. Thirty-five, thirty win by the Browns over the Bengals. We'll start with Buckeye football. Why not? Hey, hey. We not What a week for Ohio State football fans, right? You not only got your Buckeyes back, you got your two probably future All-Americans back, Wyatt Davis and Sean Wade. Although, 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 I don't want you to slam on the brakes. I don't want you to even pump the brakes, but I do want you to have your foot poised over the brake pedal. Before you put accelerator to floorboard, full speed ahead toward the college football playoff. Because, 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 because. I want to make sure Wyatt Davis and Sean Wade are indeed cleared by the NCAA to play. Beyond just those two players saying they want to come back and rejoin the Buckeyes. You know, of course, they both opted out of playing when the interminable wait for some closure on Big Ten football went on and on and on and on and on and on and on since August the eleventh. But now uh Kevin Warren has been shamed into saving face. And and somebody told me this. Uh somebody in the NFL told me this. I did not witness this. I have not watched Kevin Warren on the Big Ten Network. I assume he's been on. Something he's been somewhere. Somebody's gotten a view into Kevin Warren's office since The Big Ten announced it was coming back because I've been told that all those uh, wall decorations in Kevin Warren's office that had headlines from newspapers of Kevin Warren's ascendance to succeed Jim Delaney as Big Ten commissioner, I've been told those were taken off the office wall in Kevin Warren's office. I think what's more likely is Kevin Warren has turned his webcam for the Big Ten network to a different wall. I bet those plaques are still up there. I just bet Kevin Warren was reading tweets from people, you know, not to mention any names, of mine. Um uh, did I say that out loud or did I just think it? Anyway, <laughs> I find it odd when somebody has an entire wall full of stuff lauding their career achievements. You know, like one thing? Okay, fine, cool. But an entire wall? You say, wait, what's that behind you, dude? Well, that's just memorabilia from my career and stuff I find funny, like my Jim O'Brien for President Banner. And my Hemisphere Coffee Roasters coffee sign. Yes! Why don't we do the Hemisphere Coffee Roasters coffee read right now? I may refer to Hemisphere later on in the podcast as well, because uh, someone at Hemisphere did something very, very nice for me, and I want to thank them for it. But Hemisphere will do something nice for you. They'll give you 15% off your next order from HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com when you use the promo code in all caps We tackle life Now, you know Hemisphere's coffee is fantastic, but you don't have to take it from me. Here's Zach. Email podcast at g- gmail.com. Zach from Utsi's uh, Farm Market in uh, lovely Plain City, Ohio. I'd highly recommend Utsi's to anybody out there. Uh, you want your deli meats, cheeses, all that stuff? They're great. But uh, Zach says, no love for Scottish grog. I thought, you know, honestly, you know what I thought this was? When I saw the headline on Zach's email, no love for Scottish grog, I thought he was talking about the Scottish hammer, the Browns punter, Jamie Gillen. Nobody's talking about a flavor of coffee from Hemisphere Coffee Roasters Coffee that uh, Mr. Spielman has not extolled as of yet. So try the try the Scottish grog. Here's another email. See, folks think we're making this up about Hemisphere Coffee Roasters Coffee being fantastic. We're not making it up. Ryan. Hey, Bruce and Chris. Just ordered two bags of coffee from Hemisphere as a small just-because gesture for my wife, awesome, who is an avid coffee drinker. I ordered a bag of breakfast blend and a bag of Sumatra Bright Java. My wife traveled to Indonesia a few years ago with her cousin, so I simply had to get her some coffee from Indonesia. After hearing the ringing endorsement from Spiels and other listeners, I can't wait for my wife to try these. Uh, and I'm looking forward to tasting them as well. Yeah, well, we talked about Hemisphere and you know possibly causing you know a little... Possessiveness in their respective marriages around central Ohio, but you'll be glad you ordered from Hemisphere Coffee Roasters You have to work out the dispensation of the coffee yourselves. No, we do not provide marriage counseling with an order from Hemisphere Coffee but we do provide a 15% discount thanks to Andy and Grace and Paul. So order your coffee, Hemisphere Coffee All right, so why do I say that I have my foot poised over the break on Wyatt Davis and Sean Wade and not? down accelerator to the floorboard on full board pursuit of the national championship because both Wade and Davis have signed or have conferred with agents. Sean Wade said that he agreed to an agent, but he didn't sign anything. Wyatt Davis said he signed, but there is a process through which you can be reinstated. My gut feeling on this is there'll be headlines that'll scare you, Davis Swade not in the clear yet. And you'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, don't tell me I got my hopes up only to have them crushed. And then because it will look really, really bad, if two players want to come back and play college football during the fits and starts of Big Ten indecision and abysmal leadership, both players will regain their eligibility. I cannot imagine the NCAA or the Big Ten wants to incur the public ridicule it would justifiably receive if they said to Sean Wade and Wyatt Davis, no, sorry, we got you on a technicality. We know we put you in a position and induced you and lured you and tempted you into opting out with our indecision. Too bad for you. You can't play. No, I can't see the Big Ten doing that. That would be dumb. That would be silly. It would be unfair. Uh, I think unfair, I'm not beyond the Big Ten doing that, uh, but dumb and a continual plunge into uh, PR purgatory? No, I don't think the Big Ten will do that. So I think both Davis and Wade will be back, but I think you'll see some headlines uh, for a while. I don't know if they're eligible or not eligible. All right, so now what else do we have on the college football front? Deion Sanders is being hired as the head football coach at Jackson State. Well, that's interesting. Uh, Deion Sanders was rumored to be a head coach at Florida State last year. I never gave that any credence. I can see the Jackson State thing working. That'd be great for your historically black colleges. Deion Sanders' son is a four-star quarterback in Texas. Presume he'd go play for his dad. He's committed, I think, to... where is he committed to? Is it South Florida? UCF? Maybe. Uh, Don't hold me to the latter, but I know uh, likely he'll go play for his dad. Speaking of quarterbacks... Dylan McCaffrey opted out at Michigan because Joe Milton has won the job as the Michigan starting quarterback. At least I think that's why Dylan McCaffrey opted out. Maybe Dylan McCaffrey opted out because Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer, she's a dream, says that her mask mandate requiring athletes to wear masks while practicing and competing Yes, does apply to Michigan and Michigan State football players. Wow, that's a bad idea. Now she says she may permit them to wear face shields. This has been the thing with me all along. I hate to think I'm aligned um, with the thinking of Gretchen Whitmer in any way, shape, or form. But I've never understood why, when people talked about coronavirus dangers and football, why we couldn't just put face shields on every football player, clear face shields. Like you can, you know, work in a restaurant. I've seen a few people, instead of masks, I've seen them with the clear face shield. Why can't we do that in football? I mean, you wear a helmet, it's right there for you. But Michigan says they're practicing right now with face masks and gaiters on until the governor rescinds the order because she's satisfied with the Big Ten safety protocols, which we presume, you know, if she gives the Detroit Lions dispensation to compete without masks, that she will allow Michigan and Michigan State to do the same. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, who knows with Gretchen Whitmer? She's uh, she's an interesting person. I'll say that. Is that kind? Yes, that's kind. There's my boy Joe Dumas in New York. He says, uh, Spiels should enjoy his shining experience. (laughs) Remember, Spiels in the open said being in uh, San Jose was like being at the hotel in The Shining. Uh, Joe says, enjoy it. No traffic anywhere these days. Go bucks. Yeah, Joe should know about traffic. He's the expert on traffic. Joe's uh, got a car service. And I want to say good morning to uh, Pastor Tim Walker up in uh, Northeast Ohio. Pastor Tim. I got to tell you the quick Pastor Tim story, how I met Pastor Tim. Uh, This is not the faith portion of the podcast, but it has a faith element to it. So I'm working in Cleveland at ESPN Cleveland, and I'm living in Cleveland five days a week. Uh, My family stayed uh, here in the hinterlands. And, uh, you know, I was lonely, and I didn't have any, like, really good guy friends like spiels and men of faith around me. And so my wife said, well, I'm going to pray for you to meet some really good guy friends. I'm like, okay, well, that's nice, dear, but, you know. I go to the gym. I go to work. I go home. I go to the gym. I got head down. I'm doing my thing. I don't look around. I'm not looking to make you know, new friends. I'm just keeping my focus forward. So I wasn't hopeful that her prayer would come about. So I'm doing an appearance at a Buffalo Wild Wings on a Monday night. And I'm doing trivia, so I have to interact with the folks. And I enjoy doing that very much. I'd love to do trivia on Monday night, Thursday night, football at any... uh, B-dubs or uh, beer barrel or uh, roosters or any place like that. That'd be fun. It's a great chance to meet people and hang out with people. So I go up to this table of like four guys and I just, you know, making small talk. What do you do? What do you do? What do you do? I'm a pastor. I'm a pastor. I'm a pastor. And the fourth guy's like, I'm a car salesman. <laughs> well, they were all brothers. Three of them were pastors. One was the car salesman. There's one in every group, right? It's one in every group. Anyway, Pastor Tim was one of them, and he became a very dear friend, and so uh, are all of his brothers, dear friends of mine. So uh, great to have Pastor Tim joining us this morning. All right, so we got the Buckeyes coming back. We don't know who the opener is going to be against on October the 24th. Here's the thing with Ohio State. Now that Wade and Davis will eventually be back and cleared and part of the thing, they're going to have a fantastic offensive line. They're going to have a one-two punch at running back, but I don't know that... Master Teague and Trey Sermon will be the game-breaking tandem that J.K. Dobbins was. I mean, J.K. Dobbins just like went, he's a little man height-wise, but boy did he play big as a junior with the Buckeyes. When you set the single-season rushing record at Ohio State, where Archie Griffin won two Heismans, Keith Byers should have won a Heisman, Eddie George won a Heisman, Hop Cassidy, Vic Janowitz, and then we get to the non-Heisman winning tailbacks like you know Tim Spencer and uh, Pepe Pearson and Maurice Claret and on and on and on and on. When you set the single season rushing record at Ohio State, that's something. And when you run for 2,000 yards, that's something. And J.K. Dobbins did both of those, and he also had two touchdowns in his NFL debut. So Sermon and Teague are going to be a really good tandem. I don't know if they're going to be as game breaking as jk dobbins but the offensive line is going to be lights out you know justin fields is lights out you know the wide receivers with olave and all the freshmen and garrett wilson who's poised to just blow up as a sophomore the offense is going to be phenomenal so it's a four game season they're going to say they're playing an eight game regular season they're playing a four game season here are the games Penn State, when, we know where. We don't know if there will be any fa- Well, we know there won't be any fans there. Big Ten already said we're coming back, but no fans. So you've got Penn State. That's the game you got to win. You don't win that game, you got to count on Penn State losing twice. I doubt Penn State's going to lose twice because Penn State will have the head-to-head. Could Ohio State get in the playoff with Penn State? Let's say Penn State beats Ohio State, then loses in the Big Ten title game and Wisconsin has cobbled together an unbeaten season or you know the plucky little uh, boat rower at Minnesota cobbles one together and you got to take the Big Ten West champ because they're undefeated or they're once beaten, but they got the conference title. Could Ohio State get in as an at-large team? Yeah, they could, but I wouldn't want to put my uh, chips on that one go undefeated. To do that, you got to win at Penn State. They'll win at Penn State unless Justin Fields is out with the coronavirus or an injury. I don't think Penn State can beat them because, you know, look, Penn State's had them beat how many times in the last few years? And James Franklin has just (laughs) pushed away from the table every time. No thanks. Double-digit fourth-quarter lead? Here, watch me blow it. But you got to win the Penn State game. Then, of course, you have to win the Big Ten title game. Then you're in the playoff, then you're gonna to have to deal with Clemson at some point. I don't know if it'll be semis or final. My guess is the national title game is Clemson Ohio State. So it's a four game season. Now it's an advantage for Ohio State to play only eight games. And I think it's an advantage for Ohio State to start in late October. I really do. Because you're gonna play, you know, right up through essentially the playoff starting. You're not gonna have any long layoffs. But the Big Ten has, with its dilly-dallying and indecision, put Ohio State and other teams in the conference, none of whom are even close to Ohio State, in a position where if COVID strikes and they have to delay the season, now you get into a situation where if you have a bunch of teams that have comparable credentials to Ohio State, they're gonna say, well, wait a minute. Ohio State's six and 0 They've looked like gangbusters, but I mean, six games. Come on, is that a fair representation? I just think Ohio State, because they go in with lofty aspirations and a lofty billing, well earned. They will be in if they're undefeated, but they got to get in at least six games. They got to get in six games. Uh, you got to get a hold of my friend Chrissy at auiinfo.com. Why? Well, because it's open enrollment time you are a business owner, or you are an individual. You can't say no to one of those two. If you don't own a business, you are an individual, and you need health insurance. Okay, Health insurance is important. Peace of mind. Take care of your family. Take care of you. Here's what you don't know about health insurance. You're already paying for a consultant. You are. It's baked into the cost of your health insurance. At uh, healthcare.gov, Or if you deal with Aetna or whoever you're dealing with, you're paying a consultant fee. Now, you're probably not so much getting a consultant as you're getting an advocate if you're dealing directly with the company because they're going to talk up what they're doing. But You want somebody who knows all the ins and outs of all the plans and all the doctors and all the hospitals and is going to give you fair and balanced information and answer the questions. You may not even be uh, prescient – word of the day, kids – prescient enough to ask. For instance, you might say, well, here's a plan that's very affordable. Uh, the high deductible doesn't scare me because we have a healthy family or I'm a healthy individual. I'm going to take that plan. And then, oh, well, you know, you sprain your ankle and you need to go to the doctor and you go and you're looking for the doctor that's in your plan. And oh, what do you know? The nearest doctor's a hundred miles away who's covered by that plan or the nearest hospital? is 200 miles away. You say, well, I want to go to my regular doc. No, I'm sorry, not covered. See, Chrissy knows all that. She knows the questions to ask. She knows the answers. She's awesome. Love Chrissy. Love AUIInfo.com. AUIInfo.com and Akron, they're health insurance brokerage that can help you as a business owner get the best benefits to acquire the best employees. What happens to businesses who have the best employees? They're the best businesses. They succeed. They make money. Yeah, good. All right. Go with auinfo.com, auinfo.com. That is the name to remember. Bad news for the Wisconsin Badgers. No, I haven't seen that they have to come and play at Ohio State like they did a year ago. They got 42 guys who've tested for COVID. Although, here's the thing. Everybody's going to obsess about, oh, they had COVID tests. It's terrible. It's awful. Clemson had a ton of COVID tests early on. Now, nobody will you know, at Clemson is too worried about COVID. So I'm not so sure that having COVID tests in abundance early on is a bad thing because you get your 14 days behind you, you move on, and everything's good. But right now, Wisconsin is uh, going to get a little bit later start to doing everything because they have 42 uh, people with COVID. All right, a few words on the U.S. Open, Then we're going to draw our four winners, and then we're going to welcome... Chris McNeil, reflog 18 to the show to talk about Browns and Bengals. And I may lead up to that with a little Browns and Bengals analysis. U.S. Open, uh, not the carnage we expected yesterday, unless you're Phil Mickelson. Uh, 79 for Phil. I, I've come full circle on Phil. I used to root against Phil. Uh, now I really like Phil because it turns out Tiger was the fraud, not Phil. Uh, when it comes to family, you know, being a family man, that's how Tiger was branded. We all know that was garbage. Uh, but Phil, 79 at Wingfoot. We all know he blew the 2006 U.S. Open at Wingfoot. And so I'm sad that Phil's not going to win a U.S. Open. He's finished second, like, four times, six times? But Wingfoot, which is a very difficult course, the last time they held the U.S. Open at Wingfoot, they had – let me look get the number right – 12 guys in four days under par. 12 guys, 12 rounds. Not Maybe not 12 guys, maybe it was just – Same guy twice, I don't know. But they had 12 rounds under par in four days. Yesterday, they had 21 guys under par. 21. Led by Justin Thomas with a 65. And Patrick Reed, who I like but nobody else does, 66. Now, in all the previous U.S. Open rounds at Wingfoot, in all the times they've hosted it, five times, only once has one person shot 66 Yesterday, JT and P. Reed did it before 1 o'clock in the afternoon. So uh, probably the course is going to get tougher because here's what they have at Wingfoot. And they have this at a lot of courses. They can go in a utility building, flip a switch, and turn on basically like air suction under the greens to dry the greens out. To make them faster, to make them harder, to hold harder to putt. So look for that which may complicate Tiger making the cut, Jordan Spieth making the cut, DJ making the cut, and Justin Rose making the cut, because right now all are above the cut line. All right, did you make the cut today as a uh, COVID-19 relief winner? Let's find out. Thanks to Mr. Spielman, his largesse, yes, the call upon his heart to um, give away $40,000 in COVID-19 relief. Uh, and volunteer energy, Spielman CBD, Rick, Ashley, all the great people at the Spielman CBD and CBD Health Collection store in Granville, and you can order online, spielmancbd.com. All right, our first winner today is Tiffany. Joshua nominated Tiffany. So Tiffany's going to get a $250. Venmo, PayPal, one of the electronic methods of uh, compensation is our favored Apparatus here on the Spielman-Hooley podcast. Nominate someone, spielman podcast at gmail.com. Second winner is, uh, oh, this is nice, George. George nominated his mother in Preston, Maryland. George, your good son. Way to go, buddy. Congratulations, Mom. Third winner is uh, Jamie. No, I believe it's Jaime. 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 Jaime nominated by Gabe. That one came in this morning. So there you go. See? See? George, George's nomination came in in March, and Jaime's came in this morning. You win once, don't keep nominating people. We have a system. We track it. Can't win more than once. But you can nominate different people. But if you nominate somebody once, they're in the system. They stay in the system. And final winner today, I need a drumroll, is Henry... Oh, I love this. Henry nominated his daughters, Tessa and Rachel. I have a daughter, Rachel. So way to go, Henry. Way to go, babe. There you go. There are four winners today. COVID-19 relief. Get your nominations in. Spielman Hooley podcast at gmail.com. Before we get to the Browns and the Bengals, and before we get to Reflog 18, my buddy Chris McNeil with the Big Play Reflog show, remember the name, willisattorneys.com. You want to protect your legal rights. You want to know your legal rights. You want somebody you can trust. You don't want an attorney who is uh, looked upon sideways by the court system, by judges, by other attorneys. You know, let's say you get a tax audit. You want somebody to represent you who has expertise in that, who is of the utmost integrity, who will give you the best advice. That's Willis Attorneys. Willis Spangler Starling is the firm, Truman Boulevard in Hilliard. You'll find their website, newly redesigned at willisattorneys.com. Say, well, I don't have any tax issues. Well, that's luck of the draw thing, being being audited. What about workers' compensation issues, personal injury, wills, estate planning? See, now everybody's under the umbrella of those four things and many other legal issues out there. Do you have someone you can rely on? Do you have to call your friends and go, Man, I need an attorney, what am I going to do? You better have somebody... Right there on speed dial, right there on click, willisattorneys.com. Stan, Kelly, all the great attorneys at Willis Spangler Starling. They're awesome. I can vouch for their integrity, their character, their expertise, their compassion. Willisattorneys.com, that is the name to remember. Willisattorneys.com. Mention the Spielman and Hooley podcast when you patronize our sponsors, auiinfo.com willisattorneys.com, and, of course, hemispherecoffeeroasters.com. All right, to the Browns and the Bengals. Uh, Thursday night football. Baker versus Burrow one. Battle of Ohio. Battle of Ohio used to be awesome. Those of you who are eh, thirty-five and under, you go Battle of Ohio. Dog game. It's got a big name. Never a battle. Both teams are horrible. Bengals haven't won a playoff game since Paul Brown died. Browns, this will tell you how long it's been since the Bengals won a playoff game. The Browns have won a playoff game since the Bengals have won one. But those Browns are now the Ravens, and those Browns were then coached by Bill Belichick. By the way, every time I think about Art Modell and the uh, <laughs> Browns moved to Baltimore, they then fired Bill Belichick. That makes Art Modell, I'm pretty sure, the only man in NFL history who fired Two Hall of Fame coaches, Art Modell, uh, uh, Paul Brown, and Bill Belichick. Not only two Hall of Fame coaches, he might have fired the two best coaches in NFL history. There you go, Art. That's why you're not in the Hall of Fame Uh, and moving the Browns to Baltimore. So last night, it's Baker versus Burrow. I wanted to watch, can I count on this being a Battle of Ohio on my horizon and in my future like it used to be in the late 80s and 90s? with Bernie Kosar and Boomer Esiason, when the Browns and the Bengals were really good. Really good, yes, there was a time, kids, when they were both really good. Six consecutive seasons, the AFC Central precursor to the AFC North was won by the Browns and the Bengals. That was back when the Bengals played in a Super Bowl, one of their two appearances, and that was back when uh, the Cleveland Browns played in three AFC Championship games, and yes, they lost them all, but Let's not go there. So, Baker versus Burrow won. How did it go? It was 35 30 for the Cleveland Browns in front of 6,000 very loud fans uh, at First Energy Stadium in Cleveland. Well, uh, Baker was uh, pretty good, pretty efficient. Joe Burrow was, I thought, the more impressive of the two quarterbacks because Joe Burrow had to carry the Cincinnati Bengals in this game and keep them competitive. Baker Mayfield has a lot more help right now than Joe Burrow. Baker Mayfield has a much better offensive line, because I thought there was one distinct difference between these two teams last night, and that was that Joe Burrow had no protection and Baker Mayfield had lots of protection. Let's... Delve deeper, shall we, into the Browns' 35-30 victory over the Bengals by bringing in a man who I know will be talking about it on the uh, Big Play Reflog show. He is the one and only Chris McNeil on Twitter at Reflog underscore 18. Kind enough to join us early this morning. My friend, how are you today?
1: Oh, I'm great, Bruce. Thanks for having me. I'll tell you what, it's a lot easier to get out of bed in the morning with a Browns victory. Yes. Heck, the Indians even won last night, so I was I was up and ready to go. Wow.
0: Well, the Indians uh, just scoring a run is cause for celebration these days. So that's <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Yeah, that's a good thing. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the game last night. Uh, yeah. Odell Beckham gets involved. I think that's how the Browns have to win, Chris. I think it's odd to me, I thought... Uh, if Baker Mayfield is asked to do what Andy Dalton used to be asked to do for the Bengals which is distribute the ball and rely on other people rather than rely on himself i think the Browns are a better team than they are when they rely on Baker Mayfield to do everything for them
1: well when you got guys like Nick Chubb out there running the football and and that's what a lot of people were calling for and myself included was getting Nick Chubb out there being Nick Chubb i mean he's mm-hmm. averaging five yards to carry six yards to carry this season and it's like just give this guy the ball that's going to open up things over the top for guys like you said for obj and some of the other targets and it's going to take the pressure off of baker mayfield and also you know speaking of taking the pressure off of baker mayfield the line did a pretty good job yeah, last yeah they time.
0: did yeah they did
1: you know he wasn't running for his life he wasn't sacked i mean that goes a, a long way especially with how far we've come with this offensive line and and kind of the patchwork that we've put together we tried to improve it in the off season, but they're still making adjustments last night it seemed to be working pretty well Bruce uh
0: okay so uh Odell Beckham had a 43 yard touchdown Odell Beckham four catches 74 yards um I was just curious there's a shot from the NFL network late in the game where they go to the bench and there's Jarvis Landry, Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham all three I know what ran through my mind. What what runs through your mind when you see those three guys sitting there chatting?
1: You you know, Bruce, after a win it's all good. Yeah. It's all good. So it, it was just a moment of relief. I think everything that we've gone through in the off season, and and just how you get stories off the field coming yep. with OBJ, you, you know Baker not so much this year in the off season. Uh, Jarvis has been good about staying out, but just kind of taking it in, being able to sit back and say, hey, we got a victory. This is this is a victory we should we should have, you know. The the Browns aren't real good about getting those wins that we should get because yeah. the Bengals, quite frankly, are not a very good team. No, us not. Forget not. about that. Um, but but the Browns went and did what they're supposed to do. They did what they're supposed to do, and that's, that's a building block for something greater. And hopefully those three guys, we hear about them working in the offseason together. We hear about them trying to get on the same page from a chemistry standpoint, and, and maybe we're starting to see some of the returns of that. But I, like we were talking about, I think it's really key to, to run the ball to make those guys more effective with Baker.
0: Um. I watch those three guys, and I go, "Do I really want? Do I really believe in those guys?" Do I I believe in these three volatile personalities? Jarvis Landry, who had great stats in Miami, but you know they they didn't keep him. Odell Beckham, who I don't think I need to detail why I would be a little nervous about his reliability, and Baker Mayfield, who you know, uh, first year record number of touchdown passes for a rookie quarterback, second year. Start of the third year in Baltimore, that's probably not a fair uh, barometer to gauge anyone by. That's a very tough opener to win. But I just sit there and I so, as we all among Browns fans, want the quarterback search to be over. Right. With those two wide right. receivers, the quarterback search should be over. But again, I think uh, with Baker, I don't know. Are you positive? Are you pretty sure? Are you sure? Are you undecided? Where do you fall on Baker Mayfield? Bruce, you're bumming me out. Sorry, man. You're bumming that's me my, down. It's our We're nature mere, as Browns fans.
1: <laughs> that, that's exactly right. We're mere hours away from yes. getting our first victory. You're right. I mean, literally, five, six, seven hours ago, you're right. the Browns finally won. You're already dogging them. Yeah. Butt. I, I'm with you. Like we said, the Bengals are not that good of a team. And, and I went back and watched some of that all twenty-two of the first game against the Ravens. Ooh, look at you, Baker Scott Mayfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did my homework. There efforts. you go. There you go. Baker Mayfield looked really, let, let's say, pedestrian. Yes. That's putting it very, very nice. Yeah, it is. he was missing wide open guys yeah. now. OBJ may be the worst route runner on this team he really might he makes some good cuts but in terms of overall route I think he's just missing and in terms of open receivers Baker's not the best so the more that we could take off of his plate the better he's going to be but and I'm hoping that might be all we need from Baker Mayfield yeah. I, I'm really it and, and maybe it is maybe it is maybe he can work within that system you know he, he's a rhythm type of quarterback if you get him in the right rhythm He's not going to make a whole lot of mistakes. He gets more accurate. His accuracy obviously took a big hit last year. He wasn't very good. But, um, you know, you take some of the pressure off, and he can be accurate. So, you know, I'm, I'm trying to stay positive here, Bruce. I'm hearing all the negatives. All right. And, uh, you're and, right. And I'm with you. I apologize. I'm with you. I'm a Brown fan. Hey, I was talking yesterday at the game. We had the ball, right, with 40 seconds left. We were up by five. The Bengals had no timeouts. You're not a real Browns fan unless you thought we could lose that. Yes, ball game you're right.
0: right? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm like, ah, here you go, Burrow. They're acting like Joe Buck and Troy are acting like this is over. I've seen this movie many times before. It's not over until they're actually walking off the field. And, you know, as an homage to, uh, oh, I can't believe I can't remember his name, the helmet thrower. Uh Dwayne, Dwayne Rudd. Dwayne Rudd. Even Rutt, when yeah. it's over, sometimes That's it's true. not over with the Browns. He threw his he helmet at it. Oh. Dwayne Rudd. You
1: know, that Bears game from a few years back. <sighs> yeah. The Patriots where he lost with nothing left on the. I mean, I could go down the entire misery yes. montage sure. right now. We won't do that because we just had a win and That's I'm right. trying to keep it positive, right, Bruce? That's right. But man, we've been there and finally, finally, we get that one out of the way.
0: Well, you are Mr. Positive. Only you could celebrate a 0-16 year as the perfect season. You are the creator of the Perfect Season Parade. You are a social media phenomenon. You are the guy behind the name, the Big Play Reflog Show. First of all, tell me about the show. It's doing great. It looks great. When we started this podcast, I called you right off the top. I said, I want our podcast to become what the Big Play Reflog Show is. Uh, Tell those who have not seen it about the Big Play Reflog Show and who all's on it and when they can watch it.
1: Yeah, first of all, I'm flattered. Thank you, Bruce. Uh, the this, this show back basically started a couple of years ago. We started doing it as a post-game show for mm-hmm. the Cleveland Browns, an online one that you can watch on Twitter, on Facebook. Um, and that, that got pretty darn popular after the game, so we moved it to a Monday slot. Monday's at 9, and now typically we'll have a weekly guest, and then we'll just talk about nonsense and pop sports or pop culture and sports. Um, we've had... Uh, we've had last week we had Rajay Davis. Uh, we, we've had, uh, Clay Matthews. We have old new, uh, we had Delano, the shields here in the last few weeks. So we try and get a mix. Of your guests, guests,
0: your guests are phenomenal. I mean, whoever, yeah. I mean, you guys do a great job booking your guests.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you how we do it is we do it right through social media. That's one of the nice parts about social media being what it is, is we can go right out people we couldn't talk to before, you know, mm-hmm. before you had Twitter, you can just go into their DMs and ask them. Now I get a lot of no's. I get way more no's than I get yeses. Sure. But when I do get the yeses, I get guys like Frank Caliendo came on our show, which was fantastic. So, uh, you know, you always got to shoot your shot and I'm a volume shooter when it comes to this stuff, Bruce.
0: Well, that's great. Uh, for those Chris who don't know you, like the one or two yeah. out there, uh, tell them, uh they go wait chris mcneil why is he on twitter at reflog uh, reflog is golfer backwards uh your avatar is a very famous <laughs> golf fan it's, gr- it's it's great
1: isn't it it I- is I you. great
0: you i mean you're i don't know if you had this if you devised this strategy to become known and to use that avatar, if you just stumbled into it, it doesn't matter because it's worked so well for you and it's brilliant. I'm just Bruce, jealous of it.
1: Bruce, the latter is right. I had I, this was no design, nothing at all. Uh, I, I'll, I'll tell you how it really started, and it's, it, it kind of has a, a has a basis in kind of being a little bit sad. You talk about the the, the breakdown of the family, uh, changing things in the world. Well, it also created reflog because one of the things I used to like to do with my ex-wife is is, is watch sports and yeah. I would make my witty comments and and I thought I was pretty funny. I don't know. Sure. And, and eventually, she didn't think so. So <laughs> I started. <laughs> that's why taking, she's your ex-wife? Yeah, that's why she's my <laughs> ex-wife. And so I started taking to Twitter with the stuff and and originally I was just kind of retweeting all the all the uh, national guys and then I started just taking my Cleveland spin on things and it went from there. And, and in terms of the AV. As soon as I got on Twitter, I was amazed. No one had that as their AV because it, it's it's a great photo. It's it's from the 2010 Ryder Cup, and mm-hmm. it's this shot. For anybody who hasn't seen it, Google Cigar Guy, yeah, and uh, Tiger Woods Cigar Guy. And what you see is Tiger Woods hitting the ball directly at the camera. And you're just kind of focused on that. It's amazing. The whole crowd is looking at you. The caddy Steve Williams is looking at you. And all the focus is on you with this ball and Tiger Woods. And then you look in the background, and it's like he's Photoshopped in. I know. The cigar guy on the right side. With a
0: turban and he's yeah, just got this It's actually strength. not a turban it's not it's
1: actually not a turban now in my recreations it's a turban because everybody thinks it's a turban okay he's actually wearing a wig and what he dressed up uh, as is miguel jimenez and that was his favorite golfer at okay. the Ryder cup there to support his guy and he wore this wig this whole get up with the mustache with the cigar and, and it just looks so photoshopped i made that my AV. and, and i'll never forget bruce uh, a few months after I got onto Twitter, I, I was doing my thing. Somebody had a tweet that's like, "I don't know if this guy's actually funny or if it's because his AV is funny." Yeah. And as soon as I saw that, I'm like, "Bam!" I'm never changing. It. No and way. I never have.
0: Yeah. Never have. No way. You've done great, and you took it to another level with the Browns' perfect season parade after they went zero and sixteen, and Hugh Jackson's only full season. As head coach, Uh, I know that got you sideways with a lot of people, but I think it endeared you to a lot of people because what was brilliant about that, Chris, is that it just captured this sort of uh, self-aware suffering and yet love that Browns fans have for their team. You've mentioned, you know, all the different weird losses of the new Browns. It extends to the old Browns. I've joked with Spiels numerous times about my seven-mile walk of shame after Biner fumbled against the Broncos. I was watching the game, and I swear I was out the door by the time – from the time he dropped the football and it landed on the frozen turf in Denver, I was already out the door, and I was like, seven-mile walk in the winter, you're never doing this to me again. It was like like (laughs) my team, my lover cheated on me one more time, and I'm like, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. But the perfect season parade, you went through all the hoops, all the permits, all the stuff, and that was just an awesome accomplishment to get that done.
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, it it ended up being very cathartic, right? I mean, we're so self-deprecating, and you hit on it. So self-deprecating as Browns fans, because you got to be. You can't take this much losing without (laughs) laughing a little bit, right? We cry (laughs) enough. You talk about the walk of shame after the drive, the fumble. Everybody's got those stories, and so... We're sitting there right after the Cavs had just won a championship, right? In 2016, Bruce, we had the Indians in the World Series, and then you have the Browns, right? And the Browns were out there laying an egg in one of their first games of that following season. And I said of that season, and I said, Hey, this team deserves a parade, just <laughs> like the Cavs had, had right? And, and and all of a sudden, I had an individual DM me and say, hey. You know, by the way, for 25 bucks and this paperwork, you can actually have a parade in the city of Cleveland. (laughs) And I thought, Bruce, I thought for 25 bucks, what the heck? You know, this will be fun. I'll just file the paperwork. They'll probably throw it off to the side. We'll never hear about it again. And of course, the Browns are going to win. So that's not even going to be a question. So I went through that process. And sure enough, the Browns continue to lose. And then I get a call from the city of Cleveland saying, hey, for this event that you filed, you need to come up and do a presentation.
0: Oh, man. And and,
1: and so I did it. And uh, that was the season. If you recall, the Browns did the Christmas miracle. We beat the Chargers on Christmas Eve. And uh, to raise money for the parade, I had gone and created a uh, GoFundMe. And because the Browns ended up winning, we didn't use any of that for the parade. We donated it all to the Cleveland Food Bank. Nice. And so that was a nice story out of that one. So, so fast forward to the following season, when you get into 2017, 2018, um, you know, after the, about the first game, maybe even the second game, even though we were riding high going into that for some reason, um, people were already asking me about the parade. And I was like, ah, oh, there's, there's no way. Uh, once again, I went through the process. Once again, I partnered with the food bank that, you know, if, if any money over what we would raise for, for actually having this parade would go to, go to them. And, uh, sure enough, as we know, the Browns un- ended <laughs> up unfortunately going 0 yeah. and 16. We had the parade. It was, windchill was negative 16 out there literally at one point, which was just poetic justice. Sure, I mean, of course. that was just fantastic, right? I made it about three. Three thousand people out there with these floats. Um, Just, it was really one last tailgate for everybody on the season. We don't get the playoffs, right? We don't get a chance to have parties at the end of the season. So this was our our cathartic uh, way to bury this season. We had, you know, kind of a fake funeral out there for the Cleveland Browns. We had banners, signs, and don't forget. I mean, uh, at the heart of this was a protest too there were some pretty harsh words about Jimmy Haslam yeah. and about ownership of the Cleveland Browns out there. And at that time about Hugh Jackson and what the heck we're doing, bringing that guy back. Um, so, you know, you had all of that mixed together. It just, it just ended up being like the perfect storm. I, I think everybody walked away from that, got it in the right light. Cause I know a lot of people, like you said, said, hey, why are you having this loser parade? And it was like, well, you don't really get social media and the tongue-in-cheek of that. And you also don't get what it is to be a Browns fan. And put up with all oh, of this losing, Bruce, as you just alluded to. Mm. Over the years, man, let's just kind of take flip the script. Let's have a party. That team in the stadium isn't going to give us a party, so we're going to march around the stadium and have our own
0: party. Absolutely. That, that,
1: that really bolted everything from there, as you know.
0: Well, hopefully we're by that uh yes i hope uh you know as i always do the next coach the next new coach the next new quarterback is the answer we shall see but i know that whatever they do you'll chronicle it on the big play reflog show monday nights nine o'clock they can find it at your twitter at reflog underscore 18 and you also have your own twitter for the show correct
1: yeah, we do. The big play reflog. I think it's called Big Play Reflog. Yeah. So, uh, just follow at reflog18. There you go. You'll get everything. Follow you
0: need Chris. Who do, you, do you know who you have Monday night yet?
1: <laughs> uh, we do, actually. And this one's kind of interesting. We got Hugh Hewitt. And oh, I don't wow. know if you know him. Oh, yeah, oh I certainly do. Conservative pundit. He's from, from Warren. Big Browns Ohio, fan. Big Browns fan. Huge, huge yep. Browns fan. So he's going to come on with us and he's going to recap Thursday's game. Tell, him our th- tell us his thoughts on the Browns and then also kind of the national perspective on the Cleveland scene. So this should be a really interesting one, Bruce.
0: Yes, Hugh Hewitt will do a live read on his show, and uh, he'll say, you know, uh, call 1-800-MY-PILLOW. For those of you in Pittsburgh, that's one 800 my he, So he's definitely a Browns fan. Yes. Absolutely. Yes.
1: He's never lost that. Never well, lost that. Just a kid from Warren.
0: I'm a big fan of yours, Chris, and what you've done. And uh, I'll know I've arrived when I'm uh, booked on the Big Play Reflog show. So that's a which sh- is coming up. That's a shameless up. begging there by me. I appreciate you, you coming. Your on. people and
1: my people are talking, Bruce.
0: <laughs> We're negotiating. <laughs> yes, we are. It's a
1: mutual admiration here, Bruce. I really like what you do. I love what you do. I followed your career for a long time back to Ohio State and everything that you. Your your somewhat controversial stances at times. I really respect the fact that you're willing to stand up for things you believe in. So uh, keep doing you Bruce, my friend. Well, this is
0: the beauty Chris of what, where we should be as a country, because I just, I read your Twitter and you read mine. And I don't think, yeah. I don't think we're aligned politically. I don't, I don't think, think so at all. I don't think I don't we're think. aligned at all, <laughs> but we're friends and we find, right. we find what we can find in common, which is our love and our, you know, angst over the Cleveland Browns. And, you know, I'm positive we've never engaged on politics, but I'm positive we could. And you might not convince me and I might not convince you, but it wouldn't change our relationship. And that's where I hope we can get to as a country.
1: There is your kumbaya yes, on Friday what after the Browns. What a Indians way to go. We yesterday. brought it all. That is
0: beautiful. We brought it all back <laughs> together. Bring it all back. Virtual. Big hug right there. Streamyard group hug. There we go. Chris, great to have you on, man. Thanks so much. Uh, appreciate you making time this morning best of luck with the big play reflog show i'll be watching Thank hugh hewitt monday night everybody check him out at reflog underscore 18 thanks bruce take care buddy there you go chris mcneil kind enough to join us this morning that was nice he's a he's a really really funny guy on twitter and um so clever and that's the kind of humor that i respond to and um he's uh he's an awesome dude so uh follow him at reflog 18. Uh, the biggest play in the Browns-Bengals game, to me, was the sack, strip sack, Miles Garrett of Joe Burrow. The Bengals, they got a winner in Joe Burrow. I think if you're the Bengals, it's it's risky to say two games in, any you know, long-term projections on Joe Burrow. But all the stuff A.J. Green said about him after the opener, all the stuff that Tyler Boyd said, C.J. Uzama said, There's no doubt in my mind the guys in the locker room in Cincinnati believe in Joe Burrow. But man, Bengals, you got to do something with the right side of that offensive line. Man, Fred Jackson and Bobby Hart, horrible, horrible. You can't have Joe Burrow throwing it 61 times, but he threw it 61 times because they got behind by two scores and they can't run it. And they got good backs. It's not a back problem. It's not a Gio Bernard, Joe Mixon problem. It's a blocking problem. You got to figure that right side of that offensive line out. And it pains me to say this because I thought the Bengals made a great pick when they picked Billy Price in the first round. If Billy Price can't play ahead of Fred Jackson and Bobby Hart, Billy Price is um Billy Price is lost, man. And he's that kills the Bengals that they don't have Billy Price delivering on his first round expectations. So hopefully he'll get it together. Uh, he'll figure it out, you know, uh, because the Bengals are just dreadful on the right side of the offensive line. Baker Mayfield wasn't sacked all night. Joe Burrow was under constant pressure, threw it sixty-one times, which ties an NFL record for a rookie. So no no rookies ever thrown more passes in an NFL game in a hundred years than Joe Burrow, and his thirty-seven completions is an NFL rookie record. Uh, and he didn't have any picks. He didn't have any picks. Yeah, a couple that could have been picked they weren't most throws in a game by an NFL quarterback without a pick since 1950 that's 70 years folks 70 years i wasn't even alive for that <laughs> so i mean joe burrow i give joe burrow a b plus maybe an a minus And the oddity of it is I said last year when Joe Burrow was starting to blow up at LSU and people were like, hey, you know, he might be the number one pick. He might be the number one pick. I'm like, I said this. I said a really stupid thing. And I'm not ashamed to tell you when I say something stupid. I said, why would the Bengals draft Andy Dalton to replace Andy Dalton? Well, I was wrong. Joe Burrow's not Andy Dalton. Joe Burrow's a transformative player. I think he'll prove that. The real oddity is. I think the Browns are going to get the most out of Baker Mayfield if they look at Baker Mayfield as Andy Dalton. If they look at Baker Mayfield as a distributor rather than a catalyst. Because I just don't think the guy's the catalyst. I really Now, he can be a functional quarterback, and they've got the talent around him, and they got to build a defense because their defense. Mm, partially because of injuries in the secondary, but wow. they uh, they got work to do on the defensive side, but... Baker Mayfield, you treat him like a uh, treat him like a distributor, and he will be functional. But I don't think that uh, Baker's going to be Drew Brees. I don't think Baker's going to be Russell Wilson. I just don't see that. I just do not see that. Even Miles Garrett had amazing things to say about Joe Burrow after the game. Talked about how impressed he was and the contact Joe Burrow took, and on and on and on and on. So Joe Burrow's been very impressive. Uh, Browns are one and one. Bengals are zero and two. Yes, I told Dave Man on 610 TVN on my Sunday 3.30 hit. I told Dave man, the Bengals would be 2-0. I said I'll probably have to come on next Sunday and confess to being an idiot. But I think they were pretty close to being 2-0. They certainly should be 1-1. So there you go. That's your Bengals-Browns breakdown, your Buckeye breakdown. And now, of course, as we do every week, we get to the faith portion of the podcast. So I was thinking this morning about what to say in the faith portion of the podcast. Um, had a phone call yesterday with uh, my friend Andy from Hemisphere Coffee Roasters. I told the story on the Wednesday podcast with uh, Spiels about my struggle over whether I was being an asset or a detriment to fostering enlightenment, um, unity, things like that with the conversation around social unrest and protests and politics and all that stuff. I have told you before that I need to have a caution light on in my mind and heart when it comes to engaging in that conversation, debate, whatever. Because I can become obsessed with it and because it does things to me inside that are not healthy. Our friend Dan from uh, Minneapolis uh, said he disengaged from social media for a while and disengaged from this podcast, which I'm not crazy about that part, but I understand what he said because I think Chris and I got into a thing where we were complaining all the time about COVID and maybe we weren't in the lane we should have been in. Uh, So here's an email from Dan says, I've started to listen to the faith portion of the podcast again, and I have to say the comment by Bruce's daughter made me smile. Remember my daughter Rachel on Wednesday said, Dad, it's not your job to convince people, it's the Holy Spirit's job. She said, uh, Dan says, if anything is going to change people's minds, it is the Holy Spirit. I love that. Chris was also spot on when he said the only plan we should have for our life is God's plan. And then Dan talks about himself. He said, this sums up why God must have been calling to me because it doesn't matter what someone says on social media, an athlete, politician, or either of you guys, no one will impact the plan for me other than God. So why waste my time and energy on that stuff? I'm really going to keep that in mind as I slowly get back on social media with football season upon us. He says, it was good to listen to you guys again. Thanks for continuing to do what you're doing, touching lives as you can, especially mine in more ways than one. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate that affirmation very much. So that's my goal is to further the conversation, move the ball, be helpful, not be a hindrance. But I know that, you know, when I said unity, I want to foster unity. That's different than unanimity. Unanimity is everybody thinks the same. Unity is like what Chris McNeil and I talked about. He's much more liberal than I am, he's much more um, lean left than I am. I'm, you know, my feet are fanned per- firmly. Uh, On the conservative side. But we're buddies. We could have a meal together and, you know, we just had a 15, 20 minute conversation and engaged on things that we can engage on. And, you know, that's unity. We can agree. It's, you know, it's a nice way of saying agree to disagree. How do you strike that balance? How do you strike that balance? For me, and I think it would be helpful for you, the way to strike that balance is to. Pray that you'll be given the gift of patience, listening. Um, You say, well, what good does that do? Well, prayer, this is what I wrote uh, in my journal uh, back in uh, May about prayer. We pray not to give orders to God about what we want or what he needs to do in our life, but to suggest our desires. Suggest. Suggest and demonstrate that our hopes are in line with what we know of God's purposes. We acknowledge that while we pray for specific results, healing in somebody's life or a new job or a healed relationship or you know, a friend who's in a dire circumstance, while we pray for specific results, the ultimate authority and wisdom rests with God's plan and God's outcome. Prayer is a way for us to to humbly approach God's throne, be loved, be enlightened, be disciplined, be convicted, be encouraged, and to become aligned with God's plan, with God's power, and with God's preeminence in our life. I've written a long time when I wrote uh, the book, Uh, about Chris and Steph's life and cancer battle. That's why I'm here, the Chris and Stephanie Spielman story. There will be times I'd go back and I would read what I had written, and I'd realize that that really wasn't me. That was God putting that on my heart. This, what I'm going to read to you here shortly, is another instance of something that I wrote down in my journal, and when I read it, I thought, wow. I didn't write that. God put that on my heart. That's where you get with prayer. God enables you to understand him better. He enables you to um, pull things out of yourself that in your own strength would be impossible without his impact in your life. This is what I wrote, and I really genuinely believe this, and I really genuinely hope this is something that you have realized in prayer or will um, will realize in prayer because it's really amazing. Prayer is a privileged conversation, pregnant with the power to pour God's wisdom into our hearts and enlist us as soldiers to accomplish His mission. Prayer is a privileged conversation pregnant with the power to pour God's wisdom into our hearts and enlist us as soldiers to accomplish his mission. I really think he laid that on my heart for me in that moment, and perhaps he laid it on my heart uh, in that moment uh, to share it with you uh, this morning on the podcast. It's been my pleasure to be with you today. Uh, I hope you have a great weekend um. We'll, we will be back on Monday of course uh, Spiels will join us he will be back from Philly and um, we'll talk about the games of the NFL weekend Browns and Bengals we will have already covered of course uh, but um, Buckeyes Big Ten schedule all those things should be out please get your nominations in for COVID-19 relief um, we know there are people out there in need Not just emotionally, not just spiritually, financially. A $250 check is not going to change someone's life. It helps with bills, but more than that, it provides encouragement. It affirms people that while they're going through tough times, somebody's thinking about them. Not us, you, because we wouldn't know about them unless you nominated them. So podcast at gmail.com. It's a nice way for you to do something nice to someone. It's awkward if you give them money. But it's not awkward if you nominate them and we send them a check. That tells them you love them. It tells them you're thinking about them. So we want to fill that bucket up with nominations as we work toward giving away $40,000. We're past the halfway point, past $20,000, but we're not stopping anytime soon. So help us in that endeavor. podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for your time this morning. Everybody have a great day.